0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's talk about the game. Uh, Let's get your thoughts. One thing I said on the post-game pod, I just felt as though it was like kind of going through the motions. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but one thing I will say, Sean, is that if there is something to criticize about the team that I'm seeing is I don't see the versatility in that. Um, what I love about Vegas is some nights they can be physical. Some nights they can score five on you. Uh, some nights they can have elite goaltending. Some nights the defense shuts it down. Sometimes they're in an offensive powerhouse. I just feel as though, like last night, to me was a perfect game where a little chippiness in front of the net, or you know, a hard hit against the boards, might get the boys going a little bit, the legs flaring a little bit. And I just felt as though I didn't see anything that changed the momentum of last night's game.
1: Yeah, I so I watched that. Like I went through and rewatched that one this morning, uh, just to kind of get a make sure I my I had still the same opinion. I still do have the same opinion on this game. I really believe they just got goalied last night. Yeah. Like I, I, I think last night was a, um, like by traditional metrics they outshot them forty to thirty. Um, the natural stat trick, um, looking at their like the scoring chances were thirty-one to eleven. The at even strength, if you look at the entire, if we look at every across the entire board, the scoring chances were 37 24. St. Louis really only got stuff done at the on special teams. And like at five on five, like the stars, once again, this is using natural statric metrics, had 11 high danger chances to two. And now, while high danger chances aren't always the greatest measure because of how they're registered, it's more of a reflection of where the shot is taken from than how great the shot is um they were uh like the stars were the better team last night like i i really I, I watched that game and i go through it and it's one of those where it to me it's one of those tip your hat to Joel Hofer games where Hofer played great the stars maybe you can nitpick about some finishing here and there um but you you play that game like cuz hockey's a serious sport right like we always determine like the reason hockey is great in the series format is like, Oh, we believe the best team will win out over the, the randomness of the chaos. If Dallas and St. Louis played that game seven times, Dallas would win six of them. So I'm, it's the, I, uh, I look at it that way where I don't, I have no need for alarm off a game where you got goalie. I tip my hat to Joel Hofer and I, I, I even struggle to find the, the finishing issue with it. Um, If you want to talk energy, you want to do that. That's, that's fine. But once again, Gavin, it's, I'm like a broken record on this. How many times have we talked about sometimes this team just looks flat in the Jamie Ben era. And it's just one of those, it was just sometimes they look like that and I don't even think they were bad last night. It's just, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my thought on it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I
0: think think that's very fair. And and candidly, I mean, you know, it kind of sent me down a Joel Hofer rabbit hole last night and that, that could be a really good one-two combo. Um, Hofer, uh, they put him back in. He played well against Florida and then played really well last night. He's only 23. And, uh, you know, they have Bennington there. But it's a it's a nice little one-two combo. I mean, for, for all that, you know, there was a coach bump or a bump in St. Louis because if you look at the NHL standings, and we were wondering about the Central Division, and it seems as though the Central Division, Sean, has really woken up because as we look this morning, Arizona in a wild card, Nashville in a wild card, and I think one point back, St. Louis.
1: Yeah. Arizona is... Uh, a it's,
0: it's a great story.
1: It's a great story.
0: And all of a sudden, that 5,000-seat arena, Sean, is like a, a place you don't want to go.
1: <laughs> well, and it's going to be it's kind of it's going to be one of the weirdest uh, like one of the weird realities of the coyotes success and everything we can talk have a much greater conversation about this later in the year and everything but like their success is not good for the nhl bottom line right now because there's just and, and this is this is not me shitting this is not me jumping on the coyotes this is just the reality of it while that building for a playoff game is going to be electric. You're going yeah. you to get five thousand people. People are going to be on top of you. Um, it's going to. It takes four games of Coyotes. Takes four games of Coyotes revenue, and I know this because I've talked to people about this before. It would take four games of Coyotes revenue to replace to match the revenue from one playoff game of St. Louis or Minnesota or Seattle. That's the, just the reality of it. And so uh, when you're talking about, and I, I know we're not, this is a sport, we're supposed to enjoy it, but when you're also talking about a business world and a flat cap and you want money to go up and everything like that, and when it comes to the playoffs, um, there's revenue share, so the two teams who play each other. So whoever gets the Coyotes is going to make less money. Uh, it's uh, We're going to have to have a deeper conversation about yeah. the pros and cons of the Coyote season later in the year because it's – It's it's a big story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Hey, we we also had something awesome happen in the NHL and we're going to jump around just on different things. Uh, But at the same time, Chris Letang last night, five assists in one period, ended up with six assists um, tied for the most ever in a game by a blue liner. And I mean, if Chris Letang was one, of you know, I mean, he's not the biggest guy and he's had some injury issues, but I mean, just a terrific defenseman in Pittsburgh. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. That's what did you just Butterfly say? or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining one three plus
1: i mean he's one of the like if you're in pittsburgh you don't ever forget it but he's the. Uh, you talk about crosby and mal can always get the, yep. obviously get their flowers properly and everything like that but i mean letang has been there for he's been he's been part of that 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 core three that have been there and won three cups and everything like that like he is a uh underrated defender I think only in reputation because of uh who he plays with and uh because of who he plays with and how it kind of gets buried that behind you talk about Crosby and Malkin Crosby and Malkin and then you only have so much time left on the page for Chris Letang and I think that's just the, the natural thing about it one I mean, of the wild things about uh this is something that would be fascinating to me it's so Chris Letang has uh to six assists or as last night, right? Five of them, five of them in the second period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he only had one shot on goal, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was just, it was kind of just, it was a
0: point guard in that thing, of,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> and, I mean, of his assists, he had one, two, three, three of them were primary assists. So it's just, it was kind of, it's kind of a, like he was good, right? Yeah. Like, he was great last night. You're watching the game, but he was really good. And at the same time, because like, I watched a little bit of that game in my flipping around of of games last night, at the same time you're like, is this isn't the like offensive like puck gravitation that you would expect when I say six assists. Like he right. was good as he normally is. It was just kind of everything went right for the points to to match to, to, to be there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> All right. In your years covering hockey, had you seen something that happened Saturday where the Stars got an early Christmas gift scoring two goals within 15 seconds, let's say, to pull off? You know, I mean, fans were on their feet in Nashville, not yeah. for that reason they were ready and you're doing it against UC Soros, which was fascinating.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I, I I haven't seen a finish like that at the NHL level. Um, that's the, I've seen, I mean, even at any level, that's that, that time frame is difficult to achieve, but the NHL level, NHL teams are so well-structured, um, defensively they should play to the score better. Like that's, um, that's a remarkable that's a remarkable finish that's uh and uh <laughs> I tweeted this when it happened like everyone says when the game's on the line you need a goal you need Yanni Hockenbaugh and Esalen Dell on the
0: ice right <laughs> so- <laughs> of course yeah I, I just couldn't that's believe that- it the first goal it's like of course you know I mean yeah. that you're putting a yeah. lot of pressure and and, and you yeah. know great job by Craig Smith cleaning it up but you know and there's just a melee in front of the net the second goal I'm like how does that happen well, it's,
1: it's hustle. Like if they didn't score those goals, right. If they don't score, yeah, there's a Twitter contingent looking at the personnel on the ice and being like, how did you do this? What's, what's going on, Pete? Why, why are these the guys on the ice? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we needed one. Like, 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 why is Craig Smith on the ice when we need a goal? Yes, yeah, no, that is a very
0: that's a very good point. And I mean, it was a blistering shot from Yanni Hakaba, and that's yeah, something like, also we don't see. Yes,
1: it was. Y- it was Yanni Hakaba's first goal of the season. Yeah, so let's, yeah,
0: I know. I-, I bet the boys were happy after that one. Yeah, that must have been yeah, a, a yeah, nice yeah. Uh, flight home. Okay, so one of the things we try to do on Spits and Sods is, you know, try to answer some questions. And a couple of people hit me up. Uh, During that game, regarding there was one point, Stars on a power play, UC Soros loses his stick. It actually gets kind of stuck, and Nashville player grabs it, hands it back to UC Mm -hmm. Soros, and they said, why isn't that a penalty, Gavin? And I said, well, I mean, we have a goalie coming on the program, Mm -hmm. Sean Shapiro, to clarify, and it really is an interesting rule that's not talked about much as far as how goalie loses his stick What is a penalty and what's not a penalty?
1: So I know all of this actually in depth because as a a, a goalie, a beer league goalie still myself, you learn all these rules as a kid growing up, but what you can and can't do. So um, when it comes to a goalie stick, um, first of all, another interesting rule that I actually once had a coach yell at me at and I ended up being right (laughs) <laughs> when I was when I was uh, like 12 a little or 13 I could picture old.
0: a little Sean yeah. Shapiro being yeah. like I told yeah. you so coach
1: well yeah well uh a goalie is the only player allowed to play with a broken stick I don't know if you know that role. no I didn't that's so, interesting so a, a goalie is allowed to play with a broken stick I was 12 or 13 years old playing Kiwi hockey or whatever the age was and I actually broke my stick in a game and my coach kept yelling at me to get rid of it because it was a penalty and I refused to get rid of it and I didn't get a penalty so I was uh, told my coach I was wrong. That was great. Uh, yeah. But the uh from the stick perspective, a goalie can use um if a goalie loses his stick, a player can hand him, can get him and hand him a goalie stick. They can hand the player can hand their stick to the goalie. We've seen times before where the defenseman will hand their stick to the goalie and then a forward might hand their stick to the defenseman. And and a player is allowed to pick up a goalie stick on the ice and um, carry it to the goalie you're allowed to have a player the only time a player is allowed to handle two sticks is if they are carrying is if they are carrying a player stick and a goalie stick because you in theory could have a player bring a the backup goalie stick from the bench to the player to the goalie mid game that is allowed too the only thing you are not allowed to do is uh, you're not allowed to throw a stick to the goalie you are allowed to um,
0: like gently slide. You'll see, a,
1: yeah, you'll see, like, like you'll like. I think you and I were talking before another, like, we were there. Like, there's a scenario, like night, where you yeah. mentioned, the, yeah, where goalie might lose a stick, and the defenseman might use his stick to slide the goalie stick, goalie stick back to him. You're allowed to do that. You're not allowed to throw the stick with your hand. Um, that is what that is that is the rule book on it. Um, and uh, basically, at the end of the day, it comes down to. The goalie ha- plays by a different set of rules on uh, on that. Um, a player is not allowed to – a player, like hypothetically say, you have a face-off and a center loses his stick. His winger is not allowed to pick it up and give it to him. A player is not allowed to carry two player sticks at once. But you can hold a goalie stick if you're in the act of re- delivering it to your goalie.
0: Hmm. Interesting. All right, a couple quickies before Sean yeah. has to go. Scott Wedgwood makes a million dollars a year contract up after this season. I mean, holding the fort down, uh, good to hear Jim Nils say they're going to actually take their time with Jake Ottinger based on Wedgwood's play, but Jake Ottinger is making improvements. Is Scott Wedgwood earning himself a nice little contract?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the... I think Scott Wedgwood is back in Dallas next year. I think that's the... I think that's one of the things that kind of, that's kind of played out this way where he made a million dollars probably next year will be in a kind of a similar spot. I don't think anyone will look at Scott Wedgwood as um, the thing the stars need to avoid is they need to learn the lessons of Anton Kudobin. And yeah. what I mean by this is the bubble run Everyone gave Anton Hudobin a ton of credit for the bubble run, and he stepped in and played well. But the reality was that 2019-20 and 2018-19 Anton Hudobin was an outlier. He was good. He was a good 1B. But those two were outliers from his entire career. Anton Hudobin was never supposed to be a star- paid like a starting goalie making – $3.33 million per year. Right. And so the stars need to learn the mistakes of what happened with Anton Hudobin, where if you can bring Scott Wedgwood back for a million, million and a half, maybe 1.75, you're all over it. You don't want to get into the scenario where um, you are making the mistake of investing three years, more than $2 million into a 31 if uh i think so scott wedgwood is now uh let's see he's now 31 goalie who's going to be 32 and everything like that so i i think there is uh you have to be smart about how you do it but he's played himself into be part of the plans as long as you financially handle it correctly from a dallas perspective
0: that makes sense